What is up, guys? Welcome to the sad episode of Crave the Book, Crush the Book. We're going to crush your hearts today. I'm going to crush your craving. You're going to crush your craving. That sounds like a cereal commercial or like a Snickers commercial. <laughs> crush your cravings with Snickers. Um, Amber, we have a bunch of new listeners. And you know what's funny is we have... Hi. Well, here's the thing. We've got all these new listeners, except they're new. So it's going to be like... They're, gonna, they're not going to hear this for months. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be like over a year until they make Aww. it to this episode. But once you... <laughs> If if you're in if you're in the uh, not not the Wolfpack group but the Crave by Tracy Wolf group, um, you 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 know who you are. Yeah. Anyway, guys, um, happy <laughs> happy crush the book day. We are going to be covering chapters 104 through 109 today, and we're coming to an end. So I'm thinking, Amber, maybe in the next three episodes, we'll be able to finish this book and move on to Covet. Yes, and we're going to do a giveaway. I even mm -hmm. had an idea for our giveaway. I am going to draw the things that were needed to get Hudson out. <gasps> That would be awesome. If you draw them, we could do them on like a blank on a blanket. We could do oh. What do you guys think? You 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 should go to our YouTube channel, Crave the Book Podcast, and comment on this video and let us know if you like the idea of that giveaway. Um but because I was thinking there's there's not much merch out there that actually involves this sounds really mean. Involves skill. Um <laughs> there are there's a lot of like just bite me. And, and things like that, that like... Anyone could it make it. Yeah. So I was like, what could I do that would make it very special to the Create the Book podcast? So yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And and as always, guys, um, we're, we're always asked, like, where can I buy? You can't buy. You cannot buy. And for everybody who goes and says, I'm going to make a bunch of Crave things and sell them on Etsy, what you're doing is illegal. We've confirmed it with Entangled <laughs> Teen. Um, it's violation of their copyright. Even if you have all good intentions, even if you're saying inspired by, it's still illegal and you can still get in big trouble. So um, unless you're actually licensed and approved to sell. So you can always reach mm -hmm. out to Entangled Teen and see what their licensing pro process is like. And who knows, maybe Amber and I will do that someday. I might even ask Tracy and Entangled Teen whether there's a like charity that they particularly support. Because um, we obviously have ours. Um, but I feel a bit weird just going, I'm, I'm, we're raising money for this one. Um, and wondering whether I could auction off the original drawing once it's done. That would be for fun. A charity. We could do it for the Trevor Project or something. I know Tracy's. Yeah, because she shared our posts. Okay. Because then, then somebody could own it. And it's not like they bought it, and it also is going to a good cause. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I don't want to keep it. <laughs> well, well, I have so much of my own crap, guys. I don't need more drawings in my studio. Well, we'll we'll brainstorm. But guys, expect a giveaway when we start our next season, season three of Crave the Book. We'll be going into covet. The book, covet the, the book, covet the book in the next few weeks. But um, it's so much better, so much better because when it comes to season four, it's going to be court the book, and we're yeah. all going to be dating a fictional novel. Court the book. By then, everyone will be so in love with us, though, that it'll it'll all make sense. It'll be the court, 
caught the Crave the Podcast team. Oh, yeah. Court us. Yeah. We could have so many new girlfriends. Oh, and maybe, maybe some boyfriends. We might have some male I like, listeners. <laughs> I like the fact that people say that we're the funniest people ever. And I'm like, <laughs> we're not. <What? laughs> we're just fueled on caffeine and absolute drivel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I was. We had people last night that were like, oh, my God, you guys are so funny. I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> we're really not. We're really we don't not. Even, we're not even really trying. We're just blabbing about rubbish <laughs> and we we but we love that you guys listen in every week because if not for you amber and i would just be doing this anyway so we would just be talk- <laughs> we would be doing this to absolutely no one <laughs> just a silence just <laughs> all right guys well if, if for any reason our new listeners who did decide to start a little late um in the series if this is your first time listening welcome welcome there is a special sound that you should be listening out for though in the event that you haven't read all the way through to court. Amber, do you want to tell them what that sound is? Yes, the sound that you need to listen out for is episode one of Crave the Book podcast because you need to go and listen to them right from the beginning. Absolutely. none of this is going to make any sense. We have weird inside jokes. We have references that no one is going to understand like Heather Werecrab, Garlic Mushrooms, Slug Mug. um, Uncle Phil. Can't think of... Uncle Phil. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) go back to episode one. Uh, If you're not, if you haven't listened to any of our episodes before, but you still want to stick with this one, it's absolutely fine. There will be spoilers after this noise. Uh, We do change it up a little bit sometimes. So just got to listen out for it just in case it changes. You've got to keep this intro very different every time. Otherwise people go... Yawn. Throw him a curveball. Um, so, yeah, uh, we, we put that howl in so that everything before that noise will be based on the chapters that we have read for today. And then everything after the howl will probably be a spoiler based on the content that we have read. So we will do like fan theories and questions that we're like, wait, was that the beginning of this? Or because we know it's a red herring or things like that. So we don't want to spoil anything. So we make sure that there is a big red warning howl just before. Yes. That was probably the most convoluted answer I've ever given. That's okay. We- I need to change it up. Write, write yourself a script. You can throw <laughs> in explosions and actions. Like, like oh my God, explosions. Yeah. Be like, look, you don't have those monster truck, like, you know, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday at the monster truck rally. You know we don't. No. 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 Uh-uh. no. That's what we need. Listen out for the howl or else it'll be spoiled for you. For you. Oh, <laughs> oh I clipped my mic doing that. All right, guys. Uh. <laughs> um, so where we have left off, uh, Xavier, we lost him. He 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 went kersplat. And he's a bit dead. He's a bit dead. And we are with the gang outside of the Unkillable Beasts cave. And Macy has just informed everybody that she does have a way to get everyone home. But the spell is either going to work or everybody's going to burst into a million little beams of light. Sunbeams. And die. Yeah. Um, I mean, which is a pretty pleasant death, if I'm honest. Of all the ways you could describe someone dying, that sounds quite preferable to about 99% of them. Yeah. I mean... It's pretty cool, too. 
better than going back to Katmere and playing this psycho game with impossible odds. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how did you die? I burst into a thousand strands of sunlight. How oh. did you die? Game of badminton. Yeah. I, I played a I played a sports game. I played hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it was. <laughs> um yeah. so Macy gives everybody a crystal and everybody has to hold these little crystals and then one goes on top of Xavier's chest and then Macy swings her little blade around in circles and all the crystals get real hot and start floating around and then Macy calls upon Grace's um, super cool gargoyle powers to kind of conduct because Macy's like pulling electricity and energy from the Northern Lights but it's too powerful and Basically, Grace is just she's a ground. She is like she's like a, like the power strip that you plug into the wall. Um, she she is the the one who is able to kind of absorb that energy. She is the one. What? She is the one. She is the one. She is the chosen one. And because <laughs> she's able to do that, they are all able to poof back to Katmere. But I love how that chapter ends because it's like, and suddenly we're dead. We're we're all light. And and I was just Are like, we dead? Yeah. I'm just like, ah, they died. But then they and then they <laughs> slam. It can't possibly be the end. There's like fifty two chapters left. Yeah. Well then they all slam to the ground like Boo! and <laughs> and and then Grace is just like, what time is it? Well, I, I, I love that she's the only one with any kind of sense of urgency. She's like, what time is it? Guys, what time is it? Hello? And then she finds out the time. She's like, we've got 90 minutes. Hello? Are we going? Let's go. And everybody else is just going, uh, on the floor. And that is me every morning. Yeah, and Macy's like, That's oh. me, like, <laughs> we have only got three hours to get ready. We're only going grocery shopping, but we've already we've only got three hours. <laughs> Macy's like, hold on, let me let me hold on. It's fine. Let me look. Okay, you got ninety minutes. You're fine. And Grace is just like, oh my god, we gotta go. No, it's fine. I'll even I'll. even the other guy, the guy that she's supposed to be like fighting with, is also just going. Yes, we got time. It's fine. We're, it's right over there through the trees. Like we're, we're already dressed. Yeah, we're fine. Here's the thing. She has that. He can zap. <laughs> she's got this sense of urgency, like up until they actually get outside of the stadium, and then they decide to argue for the full ninety minutes. So, but <laughs> before we get ahead of ourselves, I just think that that's like it's funny that she was in such a hurry, and then she stands outside that stadium and argues with Jackson like a lunatic for the full ninety minutes. For ages, yeah, yeah. But um, although her points were very valid, no, no, I I completely agree. Um. But they realize that Xavier's not there. His body has just disappeared. And um, I and Macy, you know, says that there, he didn't have a body once they they reformed. He was he was dead. So he didn't reform. He just kind of stayed light. But I was thinking, man, that's got to be an awkward conversation where the headmaster, you know, Finn calls Xavier's parents. And they're like, where's our kid? What what happened? Where's our child? And Macy's just like, he's light. <laughs> what? He's in a better place. He's in where? Where's the body? He's light. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
with the moon now. Yeah, he's he's a sparkle. <laughs> Do you reckon it would be up to Uncle Finn to light the news? Because that's an awful job. Like, he's clearly, he's definitely not qualified to break the news to a parent that their child is dead. I, I get the vibe from Uncle Finn, just have, having read all of these books multiple times. He's, he's not a Dumbledore. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just like Dumbledore knows everything and he always knows what's going on. And Uncle Finn, he's just like, what the hell are these kids? What are you? Why are you doing that? What is, what's going on? Like, he doesn't know how he even got there. No, he finds out way too late what they're actually doing. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the and he's like, oh, I could have helped with this plan, dude. You were oblivious. Yeah, he has no idea. I mean, he's he's like he's that dad who's like, oh, my kids would never. And meanwhile, the kids are like drunk in a cornfield somewhere. <laughs> There's a meme about your dogs like that. I think I've said it before. It's like it's like <laughs> there I go saying my dog never, and there it goes never nevering like it's never nevered before. <laughs> <laughs> that's all these. That's all these kids. And then yep. uh, Jackson and Grace just are are completely falling apart. They're exhausted. Jackson is is physically gray in color, <laughs> and they're dr like dragging each other to go play this game that's already impossible. But they're they've just gotten the hell beat out of them, and they're still mm -hmm. gonna hobble into that stadium and play the game, and and then. Jackson pulls a dummy again, pulls pulls his his sexist dummy where he's like, you know, his his I'll take care of you. It's my job to take care of you. And Grace is just like, uh, no. <laughs> and Hudson's just like, uh-oh. He's, he's here for the He's being so sarcastic. He's here for that drama. He's like sitting there like his popcorn. Yeah, he's steepling his fingers just like mm, yes, fight. And they <laughs> and then they proceed to fight. They proceed to fight yep. for 90 minutes. Uh-huh. About sexism and expecting too much of a partner and equal duties. Ugh, it goes on forever. And he keep he keeps saying the wrong things. Oh yeah, and he's and he's like, but it's my job. I don't see, I don't see what's wrong with me wanting to protect you. I don't see what's wrong with. Yeah, and he keeps on like emphasizing the word girlfriend, which makes me feel like he wasn't comfortable with the idea of her being a girlfriend in the first place because they never actually ignored. Like it was always Grace saying, "My boyfriend, Jackson. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend. My boyfriend. My boyfriend." He has never once said, "My girlfriend," until now. He always said "mate," and he stopped saying "mate" during this part. Yeah. He just said "girlfriend." Yeah, and he never said because I love you. It's always like I need to protect my girlfriend, and as much I don't, I don't know, and I don't know whether you agree with me. But there is something about the term boyfriend and girlfriend that's quite belittling and demeaning and diminutive of some relationships. Like, I never really referred to my husband as my boyfriend at any point. He was always my partner. Because I immediately thought that he was way more than a boyfriend. Here's... I... It's a very teenage notion. I was always a teenager when I was dating, though. I found Mark when I, when we were 
I was 17 about to turn 18 and we immediately got engaged, but everybody else, it felt, it felt okay because I was still in high school and that's just what you called each other. It is weird when I see like my mom's like, I've got a new boyfriend and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's nice. Like it immediately makes you think of someone young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they are young. the word boy and the word girl. The thing is, they have an alternate term that they could be using. Like, if I had an alternate term that because mate feels more that feels more secure. A boyfriend and a girlfriend is something that you cycle through until you find the right one that becomes a like fiance. Mm -hmm. But if you know, they've got a different they have an alternate term that Jackson typically uses something that in their world is much more powerful than just saying boyfriend, girlfriend. And out of nowhere, he is suddenly not... He's actually distancing himself from her. Yeah, it feels like he is. It feels like he's using terminology that isn't as close. He isn't... And more human. Yeah, and he keeps... He referred to her as a human multiple times. He keeps calling her a human, even though she's not. He's 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 actively belittling her and then gaslighting her into thinking that he's not. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... Dickhead. Yeah, a lot of gaslighting going on. I will. Um, oh, I, I said that uh, reading Jackson's rant is even more infuriating the second time around about how, like, you know, sometimes sacrifices have to be made because J Grace and he wanted to. Yeah, Grace. Grace is like, you know, what about I will never be able to live another day of my life without thinking about the fact that I didn't fight you hard enough because if I had fought harder, Xavier might still be alive. And Jackson's just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He wanted to die. He it, he was it. It would have been worth it's worth it to not have Hudson come back. And it's infuriating because Xavier did literally died for no reason whatsoever. And Grace realizes that maybe it's not so much that Jackson was, you know, is trying to keep Hudson away. Maybe it's the fact that Jackson doesn't want to come to terms with maybe he killed Hudson for no reason. Maybe mm -hmm. it's one of those things where he acted too quickly. He didn't think it through and he killed Hudson. And if Hudson is back alive in the flesh then he's going to have to face the fact that maybe he made a mistake. Yep. And he's going to have to come to terms with the fact that at, at this moment, he's unrivaled. Yeah. He is the prince of darkness and lord of all. And all of a sudden, his big brother's going to come back and he's going to be put back into his place again. And also knowing that he killed him without a reason yeah uh and and if anything the situation with his parents is going to be even worse <laughs> oh yeah absolutely it's it's one of those things where he doesn't take accountability for anything the entire book there are a couple occasions where he's like you know i'll try i'll try to but he never just says you're right i'm wrong we need to do things your way. Not a single time. It's just not, he He has to be right all the time, though. And then he makes excuses yeah. for if he does try. But it's not going to be good. It's not, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a try, but I'm not going to be an exemplary version of trying. It's like, <laughs> well, that's, thanks. That's what I said. His compromise is pretty realistic, though, um, because 
making a habit takes a long time and breaking a habit takes a long time. So admitting that he'll try, but that he will mess up and that she's going to have to be patient because he's been like this for so long. Um, I think that that is, if you were fighting with a partner and a partner was like, no, I need you to break this habit. Just being able to say, okay, I'm going to actively work every single day to break this habit. But if I fall into my my ways, I need you to let me know. And, and please understand that I've been like this for a long time. I am going to need a little time to break this habit. Now, this is completely circumstantial though, because if the habit is, oh, I do crack and sometimes I'm going to mess up and you know, sometimes I'm going to do a little bit of crack, <laughs> then you need to get out of that relationship. Or if it's, oh, sometimes I'm going to beat you up because I've been like this for a long time. And sometimes I am going to slip and, and smack the shit out of you. Then mm-hmm. yeah, you need to get out of that situation. But if it's like a little habit, like, I don't know. Being sexist. Yeah. being Well, I guess being sexist isn't one that you should stick around for either. I'm, I, I don't, it's, it's hard. I think that it would completely depend on the severity of the situation. And Grace's and Jackson's specific, you know, situation, he's not hurting her. And if he's actively going to try, I think that it would be different than if it was like, oh, you need to go in the kitchen right now and make me a sandwich. Like, like <laughs> because there are definitely... The th- the, I don't even think that it's sexism anymore. Because the way that he's talking about her, because he's, he's never, ever treated... Um, Macy like it. He's never treated um, the other dragon girl. Already forgotten her name. Eden. Eden. He's never treated them like that. So this is not sexism. It's humanism. Yeah, he's not accepting that she is also a just as powerful as him. Yeah. Yep. Just but be- she keeps on saying that's like, oh, we're partners. You're supposed to believe in me, and I'm like, ah, yet you haven't really given him any reason to believe in you yeah she has because you've literally been a gargoyle for like a week yeah and she doesn't (laughs) she doesn't fully know how to use her power either so at no point does he say that like if he said look i completely appreciate that you are a gargoyle and you are 100 badass and i can know that you are badass however you have known of your skills for about a week and you literally learned to fly three days ago um I have been doing this for a very long time. And if I can save you, I will save you. Because we're not talking about winning a game. We're not talking about doing well in an exam. This is life and death. And I feel like she probably could have gone, you know, you're right. Yeah. But they're just really bad at communicating each other's like insecurities and failures together. Because I think that she is also very um, self-conscious of the fact that she doesn't know how to use her powers. He He's not aware of that. Yeah, because she's only really disclosed it to Hudson during the uh, laundry room scene. Which is why Hudson's always bigging her up. He's always making her feel more confident rather than shoot her down. Because if anything, Jackson's making her less likely to want to show him that she is good at anything because any time that she does, he's like, yeah, cool, but I'd still need to save you. Yeah. It's it's a toxic relationship. And if they would have had more time to actually sit and talk um, and and really like break down the needs and expectations of each other, the relationship could have turned into something better. But <laughs> Cole pops in 
and saves the day. Cole is the savior. <laughs> he saves here. the day. He saves the day because he comes in and he snippity snip snip snips the mating bond right in half by finding mm-hmm. the spell that Jackson had gotten right after the chessboard scene in the first book. He went to the blood letters, got a spell to break the mating bond, decided that he didn't want to break the mating bond and threw it in the garbage can. And Cole said in front of everybody. So it wasn't like the garbage can in his office where you put your your dirty boy tissues. It was <laughs> dirty boy tissues. Yeah, it was it, it was <laughs> like in the student lounge. He's like, I don't need this anymore. Boop. It was literally as he went in through the doors at school, wasn't it? Yeah, he ripped it up, but it was all taped yep. taped back together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um so, and I love that he recognized the note immediately as well. I know. <laughs> it's like, do you reckon he like saw the handwriting on it or like the color of like the like, it's like, oh, that rose colored paper. Shit. No. I pictured it. He knew immediately, like it was a piece of paper and he immediately knew what it was. It could have been like a summons to court or an arrest warrant. Or it literally could have been anything, but he knew immediately that it was that spell. I wish I could remember the first time I read if I if I figured out what it was right away. I think I did. I think I remembered like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I think that I had an <laughs> inkling. But I, I remember the first time I read this, I was very sad um, because it was like that that new moon pain of Edward, like just bailing on Bella, except in this scene, it was both of them were in pain together, just laying on the ground. Like it was that moment of rock bottom. And I I did find it a little dramatic for Grace to be like, you know, losing, losing the boy that I love. Like my parents' death, that hurt, but this is a different kind of hurt. And I'm like, shut up, Grace. It is a different kind of hurt. It's a different- your parents are dead (laughs) yeah i was gonna say it's like yeah it's a different kind of hurt but this boy that you just met if anything she was literally breaking up with him in that paragraph anyway the way that she said it was very much an ultimatum of if you don't start respecting me i'm gone yeah she said i don't know what i don't know what i'll do and that's like for for anybody who's you know super naive in the audience um if somebody says if you don't do this i don't know what i'm gonna do the i don't know what i'm gonna do is leave i mean that's just that's what that i've said that line if you don't you know start straightening up i i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah you never want to hold like i'm going to leave as the reasoning why somebody is going to do something for you want them to to try and improve themselves without the threat of you leaving but they never do. Oh no, that's I had psycho psycho ex boyfriend that I had to leave for that exact reason. They don't, you know. They're. I think that change comes with maturity, and young young males especially are very um, chiseled in stone at that age because they're very headstrong and in nature. Everything would be a battle for dominance at that age, you know. If if, it, mm-hmm. if we're we we still run on the same system that was designed for, uh, for you know, 
tribe mentality are we we as a society and technology and things have evolved faster than the human body and the human brain have and the the systems that are wired within our core um so i think that there is still a part of young men that says you at this age need to become an alpha you need to you need to define yourself your place otherwise you will be at the bottom of the totem pole and some some are fine they're like you know what? i don't need to be on top but then there are some of them, and I'm sure we all know exactly, you know, the type I'm talking about, who are just like, no, I, I am going to be the very best at everything. And <laughs> it sounded like you were going to do Pokemon. <laughs> I'm, I am going to be the very best like no one ever was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's that alpha cat me mon <laughs> cat me mon we need to make a fake logo <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and oh my god we got to catch them all and do like the items that you have to get for to bring hudson back <laughs> <laughs> yes i will do that <laughs> and i will also do a pokeball i think in the cat me colors <laughs> Uh, but anyway yeah um so grace and jackson are laying together in the cold with the <laughs> sleet <laughs> just falling on them just laying on the ground in the snow just kill me <laughs> just curled up separate not even like reaching out to each other because grace is like what's the point <laughs> yeah and then they're just pathetic like little cry babies and then she's like there's there's nothing left to live for <laughs> I've, you know what i've been in that position bella's you know in new moon when you get to the the chapters where there's nothing it's just the months yeah yeah i've it's I, a <laughs> that's the worst song I, I you know what if you were to play it without the scene i would say it's mm -hmm. the worst song but i think for the scene I was. I remember watching that for the first time and just being like, <laughs> "It resonates so much in my soul." I feel it. <laughs> but um, God. did you did you do what I asked for the beginning of chapter one hundred eight? I did not. I didn't know it was an instruction. It is. So oh, the, it's like, <laughs> do you have your book near you? You don't, do you? Hudson Vega. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's Hudson is is yelling at Grace to get up. Yep, he's, he's like, get up, Grace, get up, get up right now, get up, get your ass into that freaking stadium right now. She's like, but I can't. I don't have a. Mate. But I'm sad. <laughs> I'm too sad. He's like, no, no. You. She's like Eeyore right now. <laughs> like, but I'd rather just be in my shed. <laughs> this is this is the scene that you should have Scott record. Yes, we'll, I can do that. We'll have him just yelling like. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun ASMR. Hudson Let's wakes do you. Do Hudson wakes you up in the morning, but you're too tired to get out of bed, and then just have yep. have um, Scott come in, just yelling like, "Wake it's up!" The complete opposite to our household. <laughs> and that people can set that set that as their like their morning wake up on their uh, on their Alexas and stuff, and it'll just start playing first thing in the morning, just a badgering <laughs> from Scott. I did ask. I was like, "Does my voice 
my voice <laughs> my voice my is that my voice um does my voice drip with perfect syllables that's how she does that's how, and you know what the book i just got that arc copy of stealing infinity which you guys should pre-order that i've got the advanced advanced reader copy for that by uh it's going to be coming out from entangled next month and it's so good but there is a british male love interest character whose voice drips with perfect syllables oh um dripping with perfect syllables that would be like i'm trying to think of another I'm trying to think of another character who it's it's when when you enunciate and you add and you make sure that the end of every single word it it bites off very crisply. So um But that doesn't sound British at all. I'm trying to think of somebody who You you already tell me that I say my name wrong. Butcher from The Boys does not have that. He's a perfect example of somebody who trails off the ends of his words. Um Yeah, he has a London accent. Yeah. And then um I don't know very many famous British people, Amber. <laughs> the whole cast of Harry Potter Stephen is all Fry. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Stephen Fry is? I probably do if I Googled it. Uh, like, did you watch the remake of Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr.? Nope. Okay. Uh, David Attenborough. I don't know what he looks like. I can't. I, I know the name. What, David Attenborough? Okay, Stephen Fry. I do recognize his name. Or I do recognize his face. Um... David Attenborough, I would say, has a quintessential British voice. And here we have in the wild. Okay, yeah. The, the lesser spotted iguana. No, but he's not he doesn't have that crisp bite. It's um It's because he's old and has jowls. Um uh 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 uh, uh bitch lady from um Harry Potter. Uh 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 oh, I can never remember her name because I hate her. Pink fucking what it Helena Bonham Carter. What? No, uh, the... Pink lady. Oh, so um, uh, uh, Professor Umbridge. Yes, Umbridge. She has it. She has that that bite at the end where she, everything is very enunciated. It's called received pronunciation, RP. That's what, yes, she has it. And you... Our newscasters have it. <laughs> you don't have it. And Scott, no. Scott doesn't have it. No, you guys... But we can very easily slip into it if we would prefer to. Yes. Because it's quite easy to know when your accent is starting to slip through and and even you're trying to right now and it's still not received it's still not um as as bitey so <laughs> hudson gives grace the world's sassiest pep talk and then grace goes over and props jackson up against a wall and he tries to get up, and he can't. And then he throws a hissy fit and kicks his little leggies around like a mad baby. <laughs> and Grace is just like, "No, you you sit here." And she's like, "I face him. I face him towards the woods so he can look into the woods." <laughs> <laughs> and then she leaves him, and she goes into the stadium. He's like an urn at the moment. Yeah, he's just like I, I've I've made sure that Nanny can look out the window. Yep. 
She can't move or do anything, but yep, she, she has a view. That's him, because he can't move. He's just kicking his little leggies around, super frustrated. She said that <laughs> it's the first time that she's ever seen him throw a tantrum. Yeah. Because he's... And she does have this, like, kind of moment with him where they do say, like, I love you even without the mating bond. But the after the conversation that they just had... I feel like it's more of an apology. You know when you're just like, yeah, I love you too. Like a disappointment. I love you. And she she kisses him like all over his face. And that's like the last like time that they ever really. Intimate. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. That's the last time that they get close. Um, And it's very sad. But. Yep. Let's go into spoilers because I have things that I definitely want to talk about. And I'm, I'm, thank you for bumping my one note down into the spoiler topics. Um, at the very beginning, right when they first are, they're at the island and Macy's about to bring everybody back. Flint is, he's, was he antsy? Was he like, was that it? He was feeling like nervous. And then Jackson whispers something in his ear. And then he immediate Flint immediately like calms down. And we get no explanation at all. I'd like to think it's like, I'm wearing a butt plug. <laughs> I'm wearing a butt plug. Um, just like something just complete. You know, when you're like, you've got that friend who's really, really nervous. You know that they're nervous. So you just need to give them something that is completely left field. Just <laughs> completely out of the blue. They weren't expecting it. But you know that they're the kind of person that's not going to find it funny. But they're just going to go, thank you. You have now put an image in my head that I am unable to get out. <laughs> But you have removed the anxiety. <laughs> I can no longer be stressed because all I can think about is the possibility that you actually have gone through this entire battle with the unkillable beast with a butt plug in. Yep. I love it. I think, I, I mean, I, I don't think that we even need any more theories. I think mine is the solid one, right? Yes, it's it's the logical choice. <laughs> I completely agree. That's, I mean, that's it, guys. That's the that's the episode. Uh, that's exactly what Jackson whispered to Flint. <laughs> We now know. <laughs> um, next, next spoiler is yours. You like you didn't take a, a whole lot of notes on this episode, and I think it's because I monopolized the notes. You did, you did, and also, you know, when you're like relishing the end of the scene because you're like really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, because I just kept on reading. Like, please, please end. Like this, I don't like this this argument. I don't like this drama. I don't like this conflict. Let's just move on. Yeah. And get back to dying. Dying is okay because that's not a conflict that I'll ever really need resolution to. But <laughs> drama and conflict between people is a no for me. Oh, yeah. So m- my my note was um, Grace was kind of in that like moment where she was really just feeling very pitiful of herself, very sorry for herself. She didn't want to move. She didn't want to get up. She didn't want to go and compete in the stupid badminton game hot potato game so she she's going like but i haven't even got a mate and hudson says yes i know the bond with jackson broke there were no punctuation in there it wasn't yes i know 
I know the bond with Jackson broke. It was, yes, I know the bond with Jackson broke, which is like not really an answer. And it's almost as if he knows that there was a bond between the two of them already. Yeah. I, I pick that like, up as well. It's like, I well. haven't got a mate. It did, he didn't go like, I know. Yeah, he didn't say, no, you or don't, like, but it's okay. Or like, or like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I felt it too. Like, none of that. It was a, yes, I know the bond with Jackson broke. It's like a parent who think, like, they've seen their child lose their balloon. And they're, like, really, really sad. But they know that something, like, their dad's off to buy another one. Mm-hmm. And they're like consoling the child, like, yeah, I know that the balloon's gone, but the joy of the child's face on seeing the second balloon is enough for them to hold out on the answer. <laughs> but the thing is, she's not super excited by the second balloon. <laughs> no, but she but she doesn't know that the second balloon is there. Even throughout Covet and Court, she still isn't sure that Hudson definitely wants her. Dumbass. Like, at no point... <laughs> During the the courting in Covet, does she pick up on Hudson's moves? Yeah, it's it's just the mating bond. Like, it's just the mating bond. It's just the mating bond. Um, or he's only being really nice to me because, like, he's being nice to me because he feels like he has to. It's not he actually loved me before we had the mating bond. But at no point does Hudson ever say that because he feels that she's then got the obligation to go, well, all right then. <laughs> yeah. Because if that's how love works. <laughs> yeah. Poor Grace. Poor, naive, dumb, dumb Grace. She is a dumb, this, dumb It's, once again, communication is key. If her and yep. Hudson would just sit down right at the beginning and say, look, I know that it, there's a good possibility that this is feelings from a mating bond, but I'm pretty sure based on the months that we spent together while in the gargoyle shadow place um, that it's something more and maybe the mating bond is a contributing factor to our closeness, but that doesn't mean that it's not real. And if we want to be together as, you know, a, a conscious choice between us, we should not undersell what this is by saying, oh, it's just the mating bond. We should enjoy it and work towards being a couple. Yeah. And at no point does he go, look, I know that you're really upset about what's happened with Jackson and that I am in absolutely no hurry for this relationship to go faster than you're hoping it to. However, I want to, like, stick my flag here and say, I am interested. I'm very interested. Like, at no point does he say that. He just kind of goes, well, I know I'm not the obvious choice. And you're like, dude, do you see yourself? Yeah. He's he's very, um, he's been hurt so many times. Every time he's gotten his expectations up. And felt that he was in a place where he could be, you know, feel safe and, and vulnerable. He's had it taken from him. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to get even more of that when we read Charm. And I think that he's just been hurt so many times that it's one of those things where he can't imagine that anybody would actually choose him willingly. Him. Yeah. Which is sad because actually even now... When Grace is, I mean, now, not now, 
Before, whilst Grace still had the bond with Jackson, at no point did she give him any inkling that she was not interested at all. Um, and there was a moment where she was just kind of looking at him with different eyes um, when he was giving her the pep talk. And he says, like, you're looking at me funny. And she noticed that he had green in his eyes. Yeah, she was taking him in differently from a different perspective from someone who didn't have a mating bond already. And yeah, and I'm just, I'm wonder, I'm also wondering, like, she didn't just get up because Hudson was giving her the pep talk. She got up. Meanwhile, Jackson was still on the floor, just absolutely shattered. And I'm wondering whether the bond had already started to go into place because she was like scrambling wildly for the bond. When it snapped, she mm -hmm. did the only thing she could and started reaching out everywhere she possibly could. And I'm, and I'm wondering whether she started to tether herself to Hudson before he was out of her body. Because she got like, I mean, she wouldn't have been able to compete in the state that she was laying on the ground. And it's almost like she got that that little bit of energy, which would make mm -hmm. sense. And I mean, Hudson did talk about how he put his he gave her his powers for that mm -hmm that short amount of time but in order for him to be able to do that I, I think i think that that mating bond established right when hers with jackson broke and that's why when she, she wasn't looking for it yeah and i think that when she looked into hudson's eyes and like was starting to like notice i think it was one of those things where you realize like oh you are attractive it's like when you when you look at somebody that's been around for a long time and then like you take a moment and you're like, wait a minute. You are attractive. Yeah. She even says that to him. She's like, how can you look so good? Because <laughs> he's he's wearing like a dark he's, dress pants. He's like, and, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, he's like wearing yeah. dress pants and like a dark red, like burgundy shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um but now it's it's my next it's my next favorite scene, I think, in um in Crush. What for that's where where we'll start next episode. Yeah. Well, like they're like hurrying before the Ludes tournament to get him out. And he's like I can't come onto the field with you. No, there's like the bit where she like looks and he's gone and she panics. Yeah. Because it's not just she can't see him anymore. It's that, that she does. She thinks that she did it wrong or he's gone forever or he betrayed her and she turns around and he's just there and he's like in awe of her. And it's adorable. Ozzy starts playing in the background. <laughs> no, I, I made that up. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody thinks he's so like evil. Yeah, crazy train just starts <laughs> blaring. Like, well, who the hell has that? Turn that off. <laughs> oh. All right, guys. There is that like bit of mourning, though. Do you feel that like that when they can't communicate privately anymore, that there's it, they lose that Farrah and Reese kind of relationship where they can be privy to each other's intimate thoughts and then all of a sudden it's gone and then that's when the problems between Hudson and Grace start happening is because they're not talking to each other properly. Yeah, because that's all they've known. It's the only way that their friendship has been established. 
So it's it's almost like the thing that they are, have become accustomed to. I, I think it would be similar to if you had a long distance like boyfriend or girlfriend and then you met in person and you realized that you weren't actually that was you yeah you weren't compatible <laughs> oh it was me <laughs> but you realize that you're not compatible because you start to you know see all the things that they chose not to show you through phone calls and yeah through a screen and it becomes a different almost like a different person and i think that yeah. now grace has to see hudson like from the same lens that everybody else does. Yeah. So. And he is more of a threat. So she, she, she could distrust Hudson in her head and that'd be fine because the only person that he could technically hurt or be mean to is her. But now he's out in the wild and, and free. Anything that he does do is the onus is on her because she was the one that set him free. Yeah, it, she's she's directly responsible for anything that he were to do now. And everybody would be like, we tried to tell you. Yeah. Which would be I embarrassing. I didn't want to say it, but I told you so. Yeah. Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that this is the end of episode 42. Make sure that you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, because even if you don't listen to these on YouTube, uh, subscribing to the channel does help us out. I haven't done an ASMR in a while. I'm, I'm taking a little creative break. I can't think of any good ones, so I'm, I'm kind of holding out. Um, but maybe once we start reading Covet, I'll be reminded of some good scenes that we can do some more ASMRs for. Um but if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, there are some visuals to go with our podcast every week, and it helps us out. We're trying to uh, hopefully someday get our channel monetized and be able to do more giveaways. So that would be fun. But otherwise, we will probably hold a giveaway on season three of Crave the Book podcast once we start Covet. I want to do that for the first episode of our Covet read. That should be... Next three weeks, I'm guessing, Amber. What do you think? Three weeks? Uh, what else is there to happen? I mean... We got the Ludares and then the Coliseum and, you know, Hudson saving Grace and uh, then the bonus And that chapters. is the final line, isn't it? Is when, when he's buried her. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Three weeks. Three weeks, I think. If not four. I don't I want It's definitely not going to be two. I want to do the Ludares in one episode. I don't want to stop halfway through that match. No. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, next few weeks, just make sure that you tune in so you don't miss the giveaway because it will be a limited thing. We'll likely have to host it through some means on our uh, on our Instagram page. So feel free to follow us over at Crave Series Aesthetic on Instagram. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.